E. It's hard to say old friend on an old Talmud or an old student, uh-huh. but I am joined today by Noach Tolin. Noach, how are you today? I'm doing really well, uh, Rabbi. Thank God. Can't complain except for the the weather outside. <laughs> the weather. You, you know, know, if you if you don't live in, I don't know That's how true. bad it is across the country, if you're not in Michigan, um, I took a picture. I don't know if... Uh, if I get this name wrong, I am in big trouble. I wrote your name down. It's not happening again. Drew, yes. <laughs> I got his name wrong last week. It's not the first time. Anyways, if Drew puts up the picture, that's my backyard. You see icicles and ice. The picture is there it's right behind me. Yeah. Crazy, crazy. I went, like, I went outside today, got in my car. I had to put down my windows and punch out the uh, the ice from inside the car. <laughs> <laughs> we, are, we are tax season. This is yeah. almost April 15th. But Ridiculous. the weather is improving. There is always hope. Hope springs eternal. Is that what we say? I think that's what I think we say. So. I think so. As, well. um, as you're going to hear, uh, my special guest today talk, a, um, he was axing the tank corps. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes. In the Israeli army, all quite timely. We're going to talk about it. But if you'd like to talk to me, last week's Torah portion, next week, holidays, or things about the Israeli army, this is the person you got to talk to, my friend Noach, 844-999-9249. That's 844-999-9249. You can email us at letstalktorah at gmail.com. You can join our Facebook page, Let's Talk Torah, whatever happens. So, Noach, uh, yes. we're trying to figure out about how many years ago were you once a little boy uh, in my class? So I think we came up with about 11 years ago. I was in your class, Rabbi. Eleven years ago. Eleven years. Yep. Eleven years ago, a little, little. You're much taller now. You yeah, weren't so listen. small then. Um, but eleven years ago, in third grade, eleven years later, you've graduated. I guess that's what they would call it. You uh, did some. Uh, well, let's. I, I think you're going to help me out. What do we call what you did in Israel? You're in Israel. You joined the army. What What do we call that? What you did? Uh, so I went to Israel. I. I joined the army. I originally planned on going just to yeshiva. It turns out I ended up staying for the army. I uh, fell in love with the land and whatnot. And I was supposed to do a full two-year, eight-month service. I ended up doing about a year uh, due to injuries. They let me out early. But that's just called you know, serving your country, doing what you got to do. Excellent. You I know? love it. And one of the things we discussed, and uh, really to back us up a little bit, the music we started with, if you do not recognize the music we started with. Uh, you have been under a rock for about 60 years, yeah. 70 years. Yeah, almost not, 70. Well, the birthday is 70 years, but I don't know how long, how old the song people would have heard. So we'll say 60 years for them, not okay, knowing yeah. that, of course, most famous um, Hatikva. Yeah. They will play yeah, it again yeah. later. I told, the, I told everybody uh, <laughs> a few bars of that song. Everyone, not, knows. Yeah, everyone knows. Everyone knows. Everyone knows. Everyone knows. So what I wanted to know, we'll talk about tanks. For sure. But you said you went to Israel to go to school. You went to yeshiva, and you decided to join the army. What happened? So I was actually in a yeshiva called Yeshiva Rashrenu in Beit Shemesh. And uh, it was a great place, great rabbis, everything like that. It turns out around April, April, not April, it was actually in November, um, we were doing chesed. We had a group of guys going to do chesed. And one of the kids that was on the bus, there were six people on, uh, it's called the Sherut. It's like a small little car with about eight to ten seats in it. 
and you know you could rent them out he was there they were on the way to go do some chesed help rebuild a monument actually in memory of the three boys that were uh, brutally killed and captured a couple years back sure. uh, so he was on the way to help build you know like a memorial a monument for that and they pulled up to a stoplight and you know a terrorist pulled up alongside them and emptied a clip into the car and you know he was the only one that passed away were Thank you God. in the car when that i happened? was not i was not i actually say he's the one that saved my life because i was not in the car because of something that he did <laughs> uh, yeah so after that you know i think it was two or three days later even i called my parents right there i said guys i'm staying in israel i want to join the army because I don't, you know, how I felt, how everyone else felt. I saw how the world reacted to it. I was like, there's no reason why anyone, you know, Jewish, non-Jewish, religious, non-religious, should ever have to feel that way. And I got to do my part to protect the world, if you will, from the terror. That is an unbelievable story. Thank you, thank you. As I'm trying to imagine that there wasn't room in the car, so oh no, you gave it was it was a crazy story. Yeah, it was. It happened to two other kids also. There was ridiculous stories about they should have been in the car, but you know, one of them got kicked in the head by Ezra the day before and had a concussion. Uh, so because of that, you know, Ezra saved his life, if you will. That is fascinating. Um, yeah. Uh, so that friend who died, his name was Ezra. Ezra Schwartz. Ezra oh, Schwartz, yeah. and we're just. They do it very interesting in Israel. You have Yom Azikaron, that's first, and that's followed by Yom Atzmot, which is the Israeli Independence Day. Yes. And it's there's a reason why they connect it. Now, it's the world, yes, America also has Memorial Day, and we're all good at barbecues and stuff. That's <laughs> not what a Memorial Day in Israel looks like. Right. And the idea is we're, we're, we're respecting, thanking, <clears throat> appreciating what the soldiers do before we say, okay, now let's celebrate. Celebrate our freedom. Yeah, exactly. Yes, I know. I asked you before. I'd love you to repeat it again. Um, it happens to be, I remember the first time I was in Israel on Yom HaZikaron. So there's a siren that goes off. Yeah. It's so I'm in the a whole taxi. country. Yeah. Yeah. So the country shuts down. In other words, we're driving up from the airport. We're coming up. Yeah, because this is the season, yeah, right? When you know, you're coming back to, uh, after Passover to school. Everyone's coming back to school and their programs. Yes, yeah, so I didn't know it hit me because like, I never heard the siren before. So we're, we're the, the taxi driver is driving up that road to Jerusalem. The siren goes off. He immediately pulls the car off to the road, gets out of the car, stands there for a minute. Figured we're a bunch of Americans and didn't know anything, so right. he didn't tell us what to do. <laughs> and uh, he stands there, Siren goes off, back in the car, and we had to ask him what's going on. Right, what's, yeah. So that in itself, that the country, like, shuts down and, and has that, you know, what we in America call a moment of silence. But this was really, this is the, everybody stops what they're doing. It's, uh, we'll assume everyone. Everyone yeah, who no, thinks. There's actually, there's videos online of the siren going off, and you see it looks like a video pausing. Yeah. You'll have it shows you like the freeway, and you'll see cars going, going, going. Siren starts. You'll see the cars stop, like come to a slow stop. Everyone gets out, just like video pausing. They stand there. Siren stops. They get back and continue their days. Unbelievable. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Amazing. So I was curious, and you told me I'm going to ask you again, Go for and it. that is at when you were an acting soldier. 
So I wanted to know if you did anything as a soldier on Yom HaZikaron. And you told me you did. What did you do? So the way it works in Israel is on their Yom HaZikaron, their Remembrance Day, what happens is they send a soldier to the grave of every soldier that's fallen in battle, uh, you know, in the past 69, 70 years that Israel's been around. And you stand there all day and you don't move until the siren ends and then you're good to go, if you will. Um, and it's a very moving process, you know, because you're you're standing by someone who gave their life for, you know, what you're fighting for at the same time. You know, they died in the same uniform you're wearing right now while you're standing next to them. It's a very moving process. You know, you have the parents of the of the fallen soldier come and they say they say a few words, you know, you can ask them about their son. That's always very moving. Um so you're not like standing silent at attention. You could be having a conversation. Yeah, you could have a conversation, uh, you know, but when the siren starts, you know, you're at attention, quiet. and. Huh. So where you were standing, did the family come? No, so I was actually with a guy who died in the Six-Day War. Oh, okay. And, you know, so his parents weren't around. Uh, but... It was nice, you know, you just stand there, people do come visit, you know, and everyone wants to know, like, who's this person, who's that person. Uh, so you have, like, a pamphlet of papers, you know, and you read a little bit, you tell them a little bit about the guy, you answer some questions. Uh, it's it's a very incredible, incredible experience to be a part of. Right. I mean, I'm sure America does some things by their national... Yeah. But, but it's... In America, when people think of Memorial Day... Right, so it's, it's baseball, a, it's a day off work. <laughs> it's baseball games, it's parades, it's it's not what they do in Israel. And in Israel, we are recognizing who these soldiers were. They gave their life, what they did. I'm not saying 100%. other countries don't recognize it, but 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 they help you live it. I find it. Yeah, it's integrated amazing. into your daily lives. You know, everyone stops. There's no one that continues. You know, there's no one that doesn't feel the energy, especially because the next or that night already is their Independence Day, Independence which is Day. you know, which is a big thing. All right, so you can help me out. So I know the like happens here. There's flags at at I guess we'll call it half mast, and I don't know if it's after the siren or at sunset they raise up the flags. And then something like that. And then the process, you, you, you ever involved? I, don't, I wasn't really involved in the whole flag raising process, uh, so I don't I don't really know. Yeah, so uh, my research you know. has shown me because okay. I wasn't there to see the flag raising. <laughs> right. But in those big in the in the bigger areas, they're gonna raise a flag, and then they start all the dancing and singing and speeches, yeah, sure, and the yeah. prime minister has to give a speech and stuff. Yep, it's all a, that kind of good stuff. It's a very Unbelievable. good day. It's a very big day there. And you are not there this year. I will not be there this year for the first time in three and a half years, actually. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that must tug at your heartstrings. It does. I'm supposed it does. to be standing there. It does. It really does. Because there's such an air, you know, even on their Independence Day, there's just such an incredible air going around. They'll have stages with singers on stage in the middle of the roads. They'll <clears throat> shut down roads and just, like, party because, you know, we have our land. We've... we've Accomplish such an unaccomplishable feat. Huh. Amazing. Yeah. Really? And and you know, it's it's just so good hearing it from I, <laughs> I we told that earlier. Hey. Hey, from a soldier, there, there's what to be said. And we'll talk more soldier, more stuff. Um I told my class today an interesting story oh, yeah? because it's the season of Yamazikarn, Yamatsmut. So we happen to be learning 
and I probably told you the same story when you were in my class. Very Certain stories we, we repeat. <laughs> Keep using. Yeah, and that was, uh, we were talking about the plagues. That's what we're up to. So okay. we're, we happened today to have started in class the plague of frogs. So the Egyptians are invaded by all these frogs, and the almost like a focus of the plague is the tremendous noise that the frogs create. There's millions, billions of frogs croaking and stuff. It's unbelievable. So I said that's really in the in the order of war. One of the things you try to do to scare an enemy is make a lot of noise. The old days, you bang the shields on your horses, and you yeah. the horses were full of of metal clangy things, and you banged your your swords and other stuff. Nowadays. We have bombs. Yeah, it's a whole different world, you know. <laughs> but the bombs are supposed to make noise. So interesting enough. So I told my class, you can tell me if you remember, in '48, in the War of Independence, the whole Israeli Air Force was just a couple uh, crap dusters. Yeah. Bombs they didn't have, but they did do something to make noise. Do you remember what I told you? I do not remember. See, that was honest. No. <laughs> okay, good. I didn't tell you before. I didn't yeah. clue you in. <laughs> so the answer is they took bags of glass bottles. So if you drop a bag of glass bottles five, six, seven hundred feet up in the air, it's a lot of noise. Oh, yeah. So, of course, my class says, oh, so you're trying to drop it on someone? I said, no. No. So the goal is not to hit someone. The goal is to frighten them. Yeah. And if we frighten them, then when the army comes in, we can, we can uh, move along. Yeah. Um, Okay, we're going to come back to some Army stuff maybe Sounds in our next good. segment, Sounds see good. some questions. I had, wrote myself a note. Um, last week I had a new word that I taught everybody, and I pronounced it wrong. So the word is fubbing, not flubbing. Don't worry, I have great listeners, and they immediately tell me when I make a mistake. That's so good. fubbing is when you're having a conversation with someone and they pull out their phone, and when they're done playing with their phone, then they come back to the conversation. So I thought the word was flubbing. I apologize to anyone this week who used the word wrong. Um, the word is fubbing, which is fine, because if that was on my weekly rewind, I made sure they spelled it properly, but I didn't see it yet, so I have no idea. Okay, let's, let's take a few minutes before we get into our break. And again, if anybody wants to call us in the next break, talk more... Uh, maybe Israel Independence Day, Israel Memorial Day, talk about tanks, talk about soldiers. We're going to have uh, more stories with Noah as we move along. But it's 844-999-9249. That's 844-999-9249. So in last week's Torah portion, we're talking about soldiers. We're talking about people who uh, yeah. gave their life for their country. Yeah. Two of the greatest people at that time, in the desert with the Jewish people, Aaron's two sons, Nadav and Avihu, die. And they die in a very, um, I wouldn't use the word horrific way, it was just like a frightening way. Yeah. So let's, let's give it a little background. So the tabernacle, the portable temple, has been built. And Aaron, the high priest, is supposed to be doing all the service. And Moses has been training him. And he was told... No fire today. Today you're going to put all the sacrifices on the altar, and a fire will come down. He does all his work, and no fire. Gets very nervous. Is it my fault? What did I do wrong? I, I was responsible for the golden calf. So Moses says, let's go pray. We're going to go into the tabernacle itself, and we're going to pray, and we'll see what happens. As a good Jew, as a good Jew does. Right? Praise. Yeah. That's what we always do. There's a famous, talking about so many war stories, 
I think it was in the Six Day War. So talking okay. about tanks. Yeah. This is one of the famous <laughs> stories where um, it seems there was a group of 60 Egyptian tanks and there was maybe six, I could be have the numbers wrong, six Israeli tanks. And um, the commander of the Israeli tanks said, we must surrender. We're outnumbered. It's a waste of time. Right. So you're familiar with the story? No, it's I mean, a great there's story. a lot of stories like that. There's so. a lot of stories. It's a great story. So one of the um, tank drivers, gunners, I don't know what he was, he said to the commander, if you want to surrender, I do not want to surrender. Will you let me take over the command? So the commander said, yeah. So he radios to the six tanks. We're going to all yell out, Shema Yisrael, hero Israel. We're going to all fire once and charge. He, they all yell out, Shema Yisrael. They hit the buttons. They charge. All of a sudden on these 60 tanks, white flags come up. Crazy. Crazy. Crazy story. Crazy. Immediately the commander <laughs> takes his command <laughs> right, back. Right, that's my, was me. Right? Yeah, he takes his command back. And they, they get him all out of the tanks. And he says to the Egyptian, I guess, commander, he says, yeah, you had 60 tanks. Yeah, what are you doing? We had six. What were you thinking? He says, what were we thinking? You had a whole air force. He said, air force? And he's not going to argue now. Right. <laughs> but uh, the Egyptian commander said, we had, there was a whole air force above us ready to blow us to pieces. So we had to give up. You guys were, you guys were going to destroy in a second. Hey, it's the air force. And of course, but in the Israeli records, there's no record of any planes being in the neighborhood. So wow. fascinating, you know, just yeah. stories that happen. I have no idea why I got into that. But um, <laughs> anyways, okay. Um, so another than I view, die. The fire comes out. It, it uh, burns up their soul. We'll talk about it. And the question is what they did wrong. And interesting enough, these two great people did, uh, there's a list of six or seven things they may have done wrong, and we have to see why there's such a big list. But truthfully, we're up against the break. So All you're right. listening to Let's Talk Torah with Rabbi Tzvi Jacobson on New Radio Media. And when we come back, we'll talk more another about a view and more Noah Tolwin and thanks. That sounds good. Want to stay informed, entertained, and enlightened? Get connected and stay connected today to New Radio Media. The New Radio Media app is now available for download in the Apple and Google Play Store. Just search for NRM Streams for unlimited access to archived, live, new, exciting, and unique content. Welcome to Geektainment Weekly. All for free. Do it now. Stay connected. And action. And millions of ducks. Two guys go to newradiomedia.com. The Arts and Entertainment Channel on New Radio Media. Dot. What's going on in your neighborhood? They say it takes a village. It's the simple things. The things that are a testament to the old. The things that are a testament to the new. Know what's going on in your community. Check out our community channel on newradiomedia.com. It's all about you, and that's the way we like it. 
Where you're going. What you do to stay fit. What you're eating. What you're thinking. And how you're feeling. Join the conversation at NewRadioMedia.com's Lifestyles channel. Stream the life you want to live. Okay, we're back with myself and our tank driver, which we didn't get into tank driving yet. And again, if you'd like to call in and say hello, ask us, find out, curiosity, doesn't matter, 844-999-9249. First, we got to finish some Nodav and Aviu stuff, and uh, got to get into kosher animals, we got to get into the uh, holiday coming up, and there's a counting going on. And we got to get more into tanks. We're going to get sure, tanks. I got to sure, find out about more tanks. Sure. Love tanks. <laughs> All kids love tanks. Yeah. Okay, anyways, the question is these two sons of Aaron have died. A fire has come. It has not burnt their soul. It is going into their body and killed them. So the body is whole. Soul is gone. So they're dead. So the rabbis actually discuss a long list of stuff of what they may have done wrong. And since I discussed it 11 years ago in third grade, for sure, Noah, you remember all the answers. Okay. Um, I'll take I, one or two. I think I remember one or two. I think uh, one of the reasons was because they 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 thought themselves that they could bring this fire. You know, even after hearing explicitly from God, do not bring the fire, I will bring the fire. They thought something's not working here. Maybe we have to, if you will, replace God. You know, okay, bring interesting. Down this fire. We're going to talk about that. Okay, good. Um, that's what I got. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to say it a little different, Go which is it. good. Well, you know, that's why you're the rabbi and I'm student. <laughs> still student. We got to find time to get back and study together. That's you're what we got to do. Always a student, right? Always a student. Always a teacher. Um, what happened was that the fire wasn't coming down. Now they knew, they're not questioning God that a fire is going to come down. But they thought they were supposed to also have their own fire, like double. Okay, bring, yeah. Because every day there's going to be a fire brought up by the priests, and God's fire is going to be there. So if every day it's that way... Why is today different? Why is today different? That was a mistake. Um, there's other examples they may have done. They may have wanted to take over the leadership from Moses and Aaron. They felt they should be leaders. It's time okay. for the old people to move on. Right. Um, they may have had some wine to drink. And you're not allowed to drink intoxicating beverages before the service. But the most interesting reason is actually they never got married. Wow. Not because nobody wanted to marry them, but they actually said there's no one good enough for us. Doesn't sound nice. Yeah, it's not. But they said we're very special people. We can't, we don't see anybody being the right fit. Yeah. And that, I think the Torah does everything that happens. There's a lesson of what we're supposed to learn. And what are we learning sure. from this tragedy of these two great people dying on a day which is really a highlight? God's presence is coming down. He's going to be with the Jewish people. He's showing he's forgiven the sin of the golden calf. And these two great people are dying. Yeah. So God's teaching us that in the Jewish religion, the idea of being celibate, that's a great word, but the so, idea of not getting married and not having children is, is against what the Torah believes. God says it's early and voracious that God wants us to get married, have children. Okay, no, you're young. Don't worry. Your mother <laughs> says time. you have time. Yep. 
Right? I'm good friends with your mother, okay. good lady, and your father. She says I got time, then I got time. If she says you got time, you got time. She'll take care of the dress. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, but in any case, um, we believe that no matter how holy you are, you are not becoming less holy because you get married. Marriage is also holy. That's part of what we want. We want people to have children. We want them to enjoy marriage. Marriage is important. And marriage is a holy thing. Well, it's a necessity also. It's know, a necessity, who's... but other religions feel that marriage is the opposite of a holy thing, and right. therefore holy people shouldn't get married. That is not a Torah thought. That is uh, anti-ethical, is that the word? I think that's the right word. If it's the wrong word, uh, someone yeah, will uh, someone email will... me. Right. All the time they tell me. Whenever I get it wrong, don't worry. They're, they're really fast. They're on fast. top of it, awesome. That's it. Yeah, Baruch Hashem, whatever it takes. Yep. So therefore, that, interesting enough, was the cause that they deserved to die. So therefore, they're going to die. They're, interesting enough, the, the cousins will take them out of the tabernacle area. The entire Jewish people will go to the funeral, but Aaron and his two other sons are not allowed to leave. They have to stay in the tabernacle area, bring those special sacrifices. At Moses tells them, the Jewish people will mourn your loss. You have right. what to do. So that's that interesting, um, a little bit understanding of what happened to Nazim and Aviv, people like that. It's a fine line. Great yeah, people, it's a very fine line. Great people are judged on a very fine line. And I know I looked at it before, but if Drew could a little bit focus in on that emblem on Noah's shirt over there. Anna, Drew, can you see that? You, you can't see it. Okay, he can't focus. Well, don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> okay. Anyways, um, I don't read so good, but it says something about the Lone Soldier Center. Yes, correct. What is the Lone Soldier Center? The Lone Soldier Center is a organization that this guy, a good friend of mine actually, Ari Cocker, has created in Israel in memory of one of his really close friends that passed away in the Second Lebanon War. His name was Michael Levine. Michael Levine was a lone soldier himself. Uh, little backstory: a lone soldier is anyone who does not have parents in Israel. Uh, it could also be someone that's born in Israel, but whose parents have disowned him for whatever reason, so he doesn't technically have family in Israel. Uh, and this guy, Michael Levine, had a dream that it would be, if you will, easier for lone soldiers. You know, when they come home Friday, they they have food to cook. They have all this stuff that they have to get done that they don't necessarily have time for because they don't have their parents cooking it for them, doing their laundry for them, and helping them with all things that normal soldiers that whose parents live there would have time for. So his dream was to make a center, you know, where soldiers could come, and they could do their laundry on Fridays. They could do whatever they need, just have a place to sit, talk, you know, relax, do what they want to do. And uh, so he, Michael Levine, actually passed away in the Second Lebanon War after returning to Israel, because he was on leave when it broke out, uh, after returning to Israel, he passed away, and his good friend Ari Cocker started this organization called the Lone Soldier Center in memory of Michael Levine, which has now become an incredible, incredible thing. I actually lived in one of their buildings. When, really? Yeah, I did. Oh, because you're uh, an American with no family. Right. It was also, you know, my parents and him became very close over time. Um, and yeah, it's it's really, really amazing. You know, I was able to live in a building with 35, 40 other lone soldiers who just like me, you know, didn't have 
really the family there or the friendship or the support that they needed to get them through the next week. And, you know, those 40 lone soldiers became my family. They were who I turned to. They were who I was, who they came to. It was it was just a very beautiful thing that they created, and it would not be possible, you know, if it wasn't for the Lone Soldier Center over there. Huh. Every time you tell me a story, I get chills. <laughs> you have good stories. No, but this is – so it's it's really one building, and we're talking 40 or 50 so, people, or they've so created they – now they have they have a center in in Jerusalem, actually right on Jaffa Street, uh, where they have a center where you could come in, you know, Fridays, really any day of the week. You could sit down, you can have a beer, you could have some pizza, talk with someone. Uh, you could go in there even if you're before you draft. Uh, if you want to draft, they'll help you get all the information. If you have a problem while you're in the army, they'll help you sort all that out. Um, they do as well have a bunch of houses, like. Uh, and buildings and whatnot where they have lone soldiers living, you know, where they charge the minimum rent, however much money you in, get. You're talking about in Jerusalem or spread around so the they country? Have, they have a boy's house in Jerusalem. They have a co-ed house in Jerusalem. They have a girl's house in Jerusalem. I believe they have a house in Herzliya, and I believe they have another one in Tel Aviv. And it's, I didn't realize they have a staff. Yeah, they now have a staff. You know, for it's only been around for about 15 years, probably even less, actually. Uh, now they have a staff. They get uh, workers from the government now. They get the girls, because they're not required to do the army, they can opt to do uh, national service. I have, Lumi. I, have uh, a, I have a niece that's doing it. Oh, yeah? Okay, that's great. She doesn't work very hard. It's, it's just, <laughs> every time I turn around, she has three weeks of vacation. But right, okay, yeah. I got it. So now you can choose as one of your options. You could do national service working at the Lone Soldier Center, which is really cool, uh, you know. That's cool. Uh, yeah, so they've been doing really well, actually. Thank so God. they almost made it a part, I don't want to say a wing of the Army, but they've connected yeah. themselves with the Army yeah, to, it's actually um, very funny. I believe they are recognized by the army, but not by the government. I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> Which creates issues, you know, here and there. But it's fine. It's really funny uh, because you have, like, the FIDF, which is another thing that – another sure. program, right? Which is recognized by the government, but not by the army. And it's so, a, yeah. There's a big group here, the Michigan Friends of the IDF. Right. So that must be just their national – Yeah, it's their national uh, headquarters or – Whatever. So in trending news, you should know, they okay. I'm not sure which country did this, but they now have these robot soldiers. Really? You hear about this? I have not. <laughs> so they have these robot soldiers. Right now they're using them, I guess, to clear the minefields, to go, I guess, yeah. in front of the tanks, to just see, to make sure it's safe to go. Jobs, that, it was a dangerous job that soldiers would do. Um, yeah. And now you got robots doing the jobs. You got drones, you got robots. Pretty soon, all you guys are going to be behind your computers. Yeah, it's all going to be on a computer. War games on the computer. I'm not sure if that's better <laughs> or worse, but uh, certainly you'd rather be behind a computer maybe than actually right. facing live <laughs> fire. And they're putting my back against the wall again. And again, I remind you, if you want to talk to us, as time is flying, 844 Nine 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 two four nine, and I'm just gonna leave us with this quick question: What does it take for a fish to be kosher? Go ahead. What does it take for fish to be kosher? It takes fins and scales. Fins and scales. Now, interesting yeah. enough, it actually takes kosher scales. Kosher and if scales. it has kosher scales, it's got fins. It may have fins and not kosher scales. But as I told you, we're running out of time. Running out of time. So yeah, you're okay. listening. You are listening to Let's Talk Torah with Rabbi Tzvi on New Radio Media, and we'll be right back.
Guys, wait up. Hold on. Daddy said hold on. You know, I was thinking, Bill, yeah. I'm ready for our show, and, and you're ready for the mm -hmm. show, but how do we let everyone know that we're ready for the show? Uh, slow motion rap video? naturally shrinks as you go older. Now there's research that indicates that the rate of shrinkage increases if you drink alcohol. Your brain volume naturally decreases by about 2% for every decade you live. And in the past, scientists have speculated this rate could be slowed with moderate alcohol intake because it appears to improve your heart function and your blood flow. But now, however, the U.S. researchers have found what they call a significant negative relationship between the amount of alcohol that you consume and your brain volume. A study involving nearly 2,000 men and women found a significant difference in the brain volumes of people who were moderate drinkers and those who were teetotalers. And the association was especially strong in women. So the bottom line, say the experts, is that while moderate alcohol consumption may help your heart and blood flow, it offers no protective effect on your brain volume. With another prescription for your health, I'm Dr. Jim Bragman. Ah, low budget movie version. 60s TV version. Early 2000s high school pseudo-adaption that eventually grows into the geek we all know and love version here. I'm getting paid a lot of money to be here, so listen up. Watch the Geektainment channel on NewRadioMedia.com. <clears throat> it's geek approved. Okay, we're back, and we're going to do more tank talk along with other stuff. But first, first we have to teach Noah and everybody else, why did I say kosher, kosher scales. scales? Yes, what are kosher scales? Sharks also have scales. You don't want to rub up against a shark, but a shark is not kosher. Okay. So what makes, and as for a fish to be kosher, there's two signs. It needs scales. I call them kosher scales. And it needs fins. Now, the Talmud says if it has scales... Then it has fins. Very good. It has fins. However, the opposite is not true. It could have okay. fins, but no scales. So, And I did a lot of research this week, and I asked people, and no one really helped me what fins really mean. Right. It's not the dorsal fin. It's not the tail fin. It's maybe one of the side fins or bottom fins. Yeah. Like you said, everything has fins. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so it seems to be, since if it has scales, it automatically has fins then we don't really care what the fins are. If you right. have scales, you're good to go. Yeah. So why do I say kosher scales? Kosher scales means that if you take a spoon or a knife, you could very easily scrape off the scales and the skin and the, and the flesh of the okay. fish is still there. You are not scraping off shark skin. You're going to have to cut off the you're actual... You're saying it's like an outer layer almost. Yeah, but it's a very... It's, a very, it's, not, it's not connected so tight. It's right. very... It's a covering... But it very easily comes off, and interesting enough, there are fish that once they get out of the water or when they fight in the nets, 
a lot of the scales come off. Very interesting. So we need you need rabbis to know how yeah. it works, and they have and they have what they were taught. What's what's kosher? What's not kosher? But Very that makes a kosher fish. So I saw something interesting this week. Okay. If I wanted to represent this, actually, I believe was in the name of the Lubavitcher Rebbe. I think the earlier one. What does it represent? What do scales, which is like armor? And the fins, what does that represent? It's very interesting. Okay. And you, Noach, you're getting ready for big-time business, big-time real estate, you know, right across the hallway. There's yeah. a real estate company here. They love Sounds real estate good. people. Awesome. I think I'll if they work by. for <laughs> Anytime. Paul will, will, will just scoot you into the office, and you're good to go. Uh, but in any case, um, scales represents integrity. In other words, that's my, that's my honor, that's... That's who I am. That's what I okay. represent. That's what I stand for. I'm honest. I have integrity. Do you know why that is? Um, like where that comes from? Why you know why the scales like should why represent? In, yeah, integrity. Why with scales? I you know I'm not sure. That's what he wanted to. It, it started as being protection. It was almost like there's the 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 negative side and the positive side. There's the inaction. It's what do I do to protect myself to show? Who and what I am. Okay. To show who and what I am is is that I'm a, that I I have honesty when right. I say something. Which is again we were talking about this earlier. Yeah, for sure. If I say something, you trust me. You know, I'm gonna keep my word. You're gonna you, do it. Yeah. I'm gonna do what's right. Okay. Very interesting. The next one is easier. This the fins move me along, so that's ambition. Okay. So I have to have integrity. And ambition. And I have to have ambition. Now, ambition without integrity. Like, what kind of person are you? Just a bulldozer. Right, yeah, you're not really going anywhere. Well, you're going, but, but you may yeah. be going the wrong way. And <laughs> integrity without ambition, so I'm not growing. I may be a trustworthy person, but I'm not growing the way I should grow. So right. we really want to learn from these two signs of a kosher fish, that I have scales, that I have integrity, and that I have fins, that I have ambition. This is the direction a person is 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 a good person. You always talk about what a good person is. Right, what, People know. say all the time, I have a good heart. They say, you may have a good heart, but you don't know what good is. Right. right you, you know, you it, think. Makes, it makes a difference. We have a whole world deciding what's called good and what's called not good. Yeah. And then after I'm this good person, now I'm going to move forward and become better and make the world a better place, which is some of the things you were talking about earlier. And since I'm so curious... Okay. So I know you were in the tank corps. Yes. So what was your job in the tank? So I was actually the driver. You're the driver. Yes. So you get a license to be a tank driver. You do get a license. So you at have a license. Of, at the end of your training, you do receive, it's like a little green card, which is a tank license. So you have a tank license. So so if you're <laughs> yeah. driving your tank and a cop pulls you over, you can. he says license and registration, you pull I out the tank. No, I think it's more of like a gimmick to show that you finished training and everything like that. <laughs> But not, I do, I do want to try that one time, actually. Again, I'm not wishing that you should be funny, pulled over. You know? Right. You know, I'm not wishing you should be pulled over. But if you're pulled if over, I do. <laughs> and the cop has a sense of humor. Right. You know, you, you got to decide. Yeah, you're gonna have to. Oh, I pulled out the wrong license. I'm yeah. sorry. I don't, I don't know how well That'll that would go. go over. Yeah. Talk about integrity, honesty. They they like when I throw in trending news, okay. and my news is so always the important it. stuff. Let's hear it. So um, there was a lady, talking about police being arrested, there was okay. a lady who was arrested this week, and um, they found cocaine in her pocketbook. And uh, as every police officer says, um, how did this cocaine get in your pocketbook? Yeah. And the lady says, officer, I don't know. It's a very windy day. Probably just blew in from the wind. So yeah, I actually like that one. I don't know if she believes it, but she likes it. 
Yeah, you know. Okay, so let's uh, okay. Moving past that important <laughs> trending news, um, so the this period that we're in, interesting enough, um, the period between Passover and the Shavuot or the Pentecost holiday, is a period of time where where there's like a mourning period going on. Yeah. Because twenty four thousand students of the great Rabbi wow. Akiva passed away. What happened? And maybe other weeks we'll have more time to get more involved. Okay. But they didn't have respect for each other. In other words, they were all great um, Talmudic scholars. But there so, was no, there was no respect. Right, saying. I was. I, I'm a scholar. You're a scholar. We're all, yeah, we're all we're the all same. Scholars, yeah. So I don't, I don't have to <laughs> honor you because you're just as good as me. Right. I'm just as good as you. What's the? I don't have to honor anything, and that was a mistake. Yeah, you know, that's one of the most integral parts of Judaism is which is love your fellow as yourself. You know, without that, we got, you got nowhere. nothing. <laughs> which, but we're calling this respect. This is really just, it's more than just being nice to you. Right. As I have to, the same way if there's a great rabbi walks in, so I'm going to stand up, I'm going to take care of him, I'm going to take same care of his thing. needs. But that great rabbi should be doing the same for an equally great rabbi. It's not that since we're both great we don't have to show each other respect. And the reason is very fascinating. Because when I'm respecting a great rabbi, I am respecting that knowledge, that Torah that's, that's in him. So whoever it's in, if it was a Torah scroll, I also have to honor it. So it's not just the person per se. So 24,000 yeah. students die. This great Rabbi Akiva had to start all over again. He had to wow. start all over again. The process of students, he has five special students, and those students are where pretty much all of what we call the Mishnah, all of what we call the Talmud, all that comes from these those five. from those five students. It's amazing wow. that he could even start over. Yeah, it's crazy. He lose twenty four thousand. Say, you know what? I'm retired. I'm done. Yeah, it's, it's not for you know, me. Most people, I feel like, would would say that. Yeah, most would. He, I mean, maybe Akiva was from our greatest yeah. leaders in history. Even Moses, when he gets a glimpse of Rabbi Akiva in the future. He says, "Why is God, God like? Me, why, yeah. why, why am I taking the Torah? Like, I don't. Even, I'm listening to the guy's lecture. I don't know what he's talking about." Right. So God says, "Oh, listen longer. You'll see." He says, "What he's saying okay. is from you." Okay, fine. All beautiful. Yeah. But you understand, this is a very important, right, a... special person. And uh, so, talking about teachers, by yeah. the way. So I don't know if you heard this week because this would not be up your line for news. Okay. But um, <laughs> teachers have been going on strike across the country. Really. Uh, because you may not know this. You may find out when I start fundraising from you. <laughs> but um, teachers, especially in in uh, day schools or a school like Yeshiva Stachy Torah, where I am, are very severely underpaid. But even okay. public schools across the country. Yeah, I'm sure. They're, they're underpaid. They're not getting raises. They're, they're living below the poverty line. There was yeah, a, which is ridiculous. A know? lady wrote a letter. It went viral. Recently, she actually okay. retired. Because she couldn't handle it. But she wrote a letter how she, she I mean, she's a, a, a college degree plus a master's, and she can't afford to be in her own apartment and have a car without having a roommate to share yes, the cost. That's Just, crazy. That's... So I believe Oklahoma actually gave raises this week. I think Arizona gave ra- raises this that's week. Crazy. A lot of states realize that uh, a it's little education's bit. Education's kind of important, you know? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I'm not saying that they have to be paid as much as a CEO of a, of a major company. Yeah, I understand sure. they're not making money, but they are educating our children. 
yeah. and we have to take care of them. 100%. So that's uh, that's something that's been going on with our uh, with our news. So oh, so we're talking about tanks. So one second, okay. I knew <laughs> I lost tanks. Uh, okay, here nah, we I gotta go. get back to tanks. <laughs> I knew I forgot about tanks. Okay, so you have a tank license. Yes. So how did you pick to be in the tank corps? Um, so I kind of, you know, weighed my options, which is I could be in infantry, which, you know, is infantry. They're the foot soldiers, which in my mind is running around in the forest or the <laughs> desert with a gun shooting at targets, which is cool. Don't get me wrong. I have all the respect for infantry men. But you could do that in America. You know, you could go to upstate, up northern Michigan, and you can, you know, you have hundreds of acres of land. You could run around with a gun and just shoot at trees. Ooh, it's really fun. But, like. When in my lifetime would I ever have the opportunity? You just got to pause. No one should think that Noah <laughs> yeah, has given official <laughs> permission for people to run around up Noah's shooting guns. Do not do that. <laughs> I do not know if that's the law. I don't know if you need a license to shoot trees. Um, <laughs> even deer, you need license. So, oh, yeah, but okay, we get the picture. Do not do that. Okay. okay, so now let's continue. Uh, so infantry was not for you. Yeah, so I figured, like, what else in the Army? Because this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity am I going to have that can also add on to the once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And, you know... I stood next to a 80-ton tank, you know, that can <laughs> go 70 kilometers an hour, which is about 40 miles an hour, fully, you know, with all the people and all the ammunition inside of it. That's a massive thing, you know. That's an incredible piece of work, if you will. And I was like, I want to do that. And they said, <laughs> you know? yeah. Uh, yeah, because it's very dirty, grueling, hard work. Most people that ask to be put in tanks are... Go, you know, go really? right now. Because anybody who knows yeah. realizes it's is it is it hot inside the tank? Uh so you have air conditioning in the tank. You have like you wear like that? this uh onesie, like a uh-huh. jumpsuit kind of. It's got this little hole uh down by your stomach where you can attach a tube that blows in cool air. Uh filters there. Yeah, it's really cool. Uh no, but it's a lot of grease work. It's like uh Anyone that's listening that's a mechanic will know what I'm talking about, you know, where you're working six hours a day before you use the tank, you know, and then you use the tank for 12 hours, and then you'll spend another six hours cleaning the tank for tomorrow morning. Oh, so you don't get to drive it and park it. You have to no, you take do. care of it. You do get to drive it and park it, you know, for those 12 hours, but every morning you got to clean your tank. You got to make sure it's working. You got to take it apart, put it back together, and that's not something that most people think of glamorous as joining the Army, you know. So how did you become – so you were the driver. So there's, yes. there's a driver, there's an officer, there's got to be, I guess, what we call Commander, the gunner. Commander, you, you have four people in tank. You have the driver, driver. Gunner, gunner, loader, loader, and the commander. The commander. So now really, how hard is it to load from the so <laughs> well-knowledge tank driver? It's uh, uh, How hard is it to load a missile into a – It's incredibly hard. Really? It's Why? It's incredibly hard because each shell weighs about 25 kilo. Which is about forty-five, fifty pounds. Okay. Um, and you know when you're lifting these things up and putting them into the cannon for you know ten hours, and you're doing this straight without stop, your arms kind of give out more or less. Uh, <laughs> but it's it's not an easy fact. Also, you have uh, forget what it's called in English, but the thing that you know you push the missile into the right into the barrel, and there's a part that closes in the back, so the you know so it doesn't. The sure. missile doesn't shoot backwards, and, that, and that thing shoots up. And if you're not quick enough, it'll chop your hand off right away. Oh, so nice it's man. a very technical, you know, dangerous, hard-working position in the tank. Ah, so you decided to be the driver because it's a little easier. 
Oh, it was because of my Hebrew level. They said, listen, here, Hebrew's not so good. Be a driver. You need left, right, and stop. <laughs> Very <laughs> <You know>? good. <laughs> okay, we're going to get back. we got to get to our word of the day and our letters of the day. So you're listening to Let's Talk Torah with Rabbi Tzvi on New Radio Media. Right back. At Murray's Park City, we're known for offering customer service you won't get in any chain store or online. But don't take it from me, just listen to what our customers have to say. The employees at Murray's are knowledgeable, courteous. They make you feel like you're at home. Pick up a can of Seafoam Fuel System Treatment for only $6.99 or a 5-quart container of Mobile One Motor Oil for just $28.95. Murray's Park City and Pontiac Trail at Maple Road in Walled Lake. We've got the parts you need when you need them. Join us for fun and adventure on our new show, Podquesters, where we fight through imaginary battles and pray to the dice gods for good rolls. Yes, it's an epic, sweeping adventure where we try to fulfill our destinies without driving the Dungeon Master crazy. I thought that was the point. Anyways, check us out here on NewRadioMedia.com, Fridays, Podquesters. See you there. Hey, you guys, it's Raphael of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Guess what? The only thing we can get down here in the sewer is Geektainment Weekly on new radio media. Turtle power! And we're back. We're back. And with our last segment, just a few minutes left to go, we got to get our word and our letter. Yeah. But Noah, you were trying to ask me something before we uh, came back from the break. I did have a question for you because I have been listening to a number of your shows, and I want to know what inspired you to start this radio show because I, I think it's fascinating and very incredible that you do this. So, like, Yes, uh, it's definitely fun, and um, I'm not sure what inspired me to do it, actually, uh, the people here know him. The the um, the person who started this company is an old friend. His name is Paul okay. Benzman. So he's been around in the news talking about the state, talking about the station and the plan, and he built it with his son. So as a fundraiser, I meet people. Right. So we would go out for lunch, and he would tell me about this great idea that he's starting. And I'm listening, and it sounds you know cool. Radio, internet, uh, video, audio, the whole thing sounded cool. Right. Yeah. For sure. But it has nothing to do with me. Yeah. <laughs> but we keep going out for lunch. And he keeps saying, you know, Rabbi, this would be a great idea. You could do it. And I, I think just the idea gelled. And he had this, this dream of not only having a station that, of course, makes money and a profit, but for he sure. had this goal of nonprofit weekends. Wow. That was his goal. So he would bring in nonprofits, and I became the first nonprofit. I know they have some other nonprofits lined up. And the goal becomes to bring nonprofits in, and then they can use the advertising dollars. We have a donate button on our webpage, just different ways to fundraise that, you know, and you know from your father, yeah. you know from your brother, 
fundraising for any organization is always difficult. Yeah, for sure. And if we can find a creative new way to fundraise, Sai said, look, <laughs> what if it works? Yeah, you know. What if it works? And he warned me. He says, you're going to get behind the mic. <laughs> you're going to love it. And you know what? I've come a long way. Me That's and Virginia great. Slims. Right? That's you great. know, it's an old advertisement. But um, I've been trained in. I've had friends help me to uh, to learn how to do this, how to speak. I mean, I speak all day long, right? I'm right. a teacher. <laughs> the talking part is easy. But just the different things and bringing different guests, and I'm having fun with it. And uh, we're, we're, we actually have some advertisers lined up, and the advertisers understand that a, uh, that a good part of their advertising dollar not only keeps the show going, going but, but actually yeah, it educates children. That's really interesting. Well, you're doing a great job. So Thank you. I appreciate up. that. See, you're so nice. I'm going to bring you back because you were nice to me. But we got to do our letter word of the Let's week. Let's do it. Let's hear Drew, it. Drew, you ready? Drew is ready. Okay. So we did the word last week, but I felt that I did a disservice to this letter because I had no time. So this week I'm giving time. So the letter is a nun. First letter of my name. Oh, you know, I could have, that's my third word of the week. I did there not think of that. Excellent. I love when that happens. We call that siyata deshmaya, right? right? Uh, Divi- help from heaven. Divine huh? intervention. Divine intervention. Yeah, that right? is a good word. Yes, Noah, the nun, that is the first letter of Noah. Um, a nun is, it's almost like a C that got the, 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 the you know, you yeah. sliced it a little bit in half. It's the, it's maybe the 14th letter but its numerical value happens to be 50, which is always appropriate during this time of year. This we did yeah. mention last week because we have um, 50 days from Passover to the Shavuot holiday. So we Correct. had two words we wanted to talk about last week, and with our Yom HaZikaron as, a, as almost a uh, major thought this week, a candle... It is always what's lit. And was when people have a memorial service, certainly by many Yomazikaron services or Yomashoa services, they're going to light Anywhere, candles. Yeah. The candle has always been something that people light to represent that a person has passed away. Now, I don't know where in any of the um, programs on Yomazikaron you were involved, they had any candle lighting ceremonies? Yeah, they, do, uh, they actually have a torch where they light in most of the ceremonies, kind of like an Olympic torch. Uh, just it's a candle that you know burns for the whole day and won't blow out with yeah, a little wind. Yeah, you know, because it's got it's a huge base. It's got a lot of oil in it. It's got a huge wick. It's like cool. a torch. You know, it's not right. going out. It's a torch. Yeah. No, because the and and part of the reason is our next nun word. So ner, ner begins with the letter nun. So ner is a nun word. It means candle. Very important word. And the other important word is neshama. Neshama is a pretty also a very important word. well-known word. A neshama is the soul. And the candle, the flame of a candle, has always been something that represents a person's soul. soul. Yeah. So therefore, when we have memorial services, people will light candles because the lighting of the candle represents that soul. There are people that don't like to blow out candles. Yeah, because it's like blowing out a soul. You've heard, I've heard, I've heard that before. Yeah. See, yeah. So this is... Uh, you know, your mothers will say this and stuff, but it, right. it is something that people do say that the that the candle represents. Interesting, another place where you'll find a candle that re- or a light that represents is in the front of every synagogue. There's a there's like that permanent light. Yeah, 
They call um, it the Nair Tamid. Now, it's not a fire yeah. nowadays. It'll go out. Yeah, it's just one of those light bulbs in the shape of a fire. <laughs> right, but every synagogue will have that light yeah. right in front, right by the ark, because some will say the original custom comes back because it was in memory of people that had died. There's different stories about certain cities where people gave up their life to protect the city, and the city wanted to recognize what they did, so they put up this candle or torch in front of the synagogue uh, permanently, and I, it just got well, it just it was one of those things thing, yeah. that moved along. <laughs> so I figure, oh, I'm getting fingers, yeah, and it? my time is running <laughs> up. I wanted to, I'm going to say this story really fast, because it's it. about memory and stories, and Let's you had it. memories and stories. We had a great time today. There was a guy by the name of Nehemiah Lavi, okay. who about two years ago passed away. He didn't pass away. He was actually murdered. Um, he went out of his house in the old city to save. He heard screams from a mother and a father, and he went out to save them. And, and he was protecting the mother, and he was stabbed. And the mother ran Ish. to like a police, like one of those booths, and the yeah. police came back and killed a terrorist. And when they were talking about this person who was a soldier, but I guess he didn't get his gun out, um, he, was, he was a hero. But he had been a hero 20 years earlier. Because during uh, some of those bombs on the number 18 bus at okay. 6.30 in the morning, one yeah. week, 6.30 in the morning, the next week, he said, people are scared. I'm going to help people not to be scared. So he went out there, he got his Israeli flag, went onto the bus, 6.30, he rode the whole bus for Amazing. no reason except to calm people down. It's incredible. It is incredible. unbelievable. Incredible. And uh, my time is running out. So, Noah, again, I what thank you shame, for your time. Thank, thank you, thank you, Rabbi. For pleasure. Me on the show. I really appreciate it. Yes, I'd like to thank my sponsors, my listeners. I couldn't do without you. Drew, Ashley, Kelsey was here this week. Until next week, I am Rabbi Tzvi Jacobson. You've been listening to Let's Talk Torah on New Radio Media. And until next week, don't forget to think about it. Oh, Lord, the, 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 the,